Well, this is the time of the year when we get to uh, put our hands on our hips and look back at the first quarter. And in the case of Southwest Airlines, let's say good riddance. It was tough. There was that uh, ground stop, that technology breakdown, operations meltdown that happened over the holidays, seemed to carry on through. Then we had bad weather. We had bird strikes. We had fuel, high fuel prices. Now, it looks like maybe airplane deliveries are going to be delayed. Uh, Bob Jordan, who's the CEO of Southwest Airlines, joins us right now. I should call you Job, I guess. This is... This has been a tough period for you. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, well, thank, thanks for reminding me of everything. It's it's uh, not that – I mean, there was a lot in the first quarter, absolutely. But if you uh, – the biggest thing, of course, being the impact of the ops disruption from December, the hangover, it was about $380 million impact on the first quarter. About $325 million of that was revenue. So people that had book trips – for the holidays, and then uh, we interrupted those, and so they canceled the return. That was the the primary thing. But uh, there, there's some bright lights in there, which is the uh, while we did see an impact in January and February, we really didn't see an impact in March. March was really strong. We had double digit uh, returns in March, so uh, our, our customers are sticking with us and they're and they're booking. And but for that impact of the ops disruption. Uh, we would have had a very solid profit here in the first quarter. And, and that's with fuel being up 54% year over year. So it really was a story of the disruption. You, you mentioned the operation, and uh, we, uh, I'm happy that we were able to get through an understanding of what happened in December. We have a strong action plan to to fix the issues, and we'll do that before this winter. But just looking at our performance, I think we learned a lot and our performance is really good in the first quarter operationally, despite uh, eight or nine named storms. We had the uh, the the, NOTAM, the nationwide ground stop with an NOTAM issue, and in the first quarter we were number two in the industry in on-time performance. And uh, had uh, even on a day where we had a, a, our own ground stop with the firewall issue. Uh, we, we had a brief ground stop just to make sure that our systems were good, data was good. Even on that day, we got 99.9% of our customers to their destination. So I'm very proud of our operators, uh, despite some of those challenges you mentioned. Well, let's go back. Let's go back to the holidays and, and, and that, that ops breakdown. I mean, it, it strikes me that's not the kind of thing that's an easy thing to fix. There, there's a there's systems that have to be put in place. Software has to be tested before you implement it. Is that something that's going to play out over the full year? We have uh, – there, there are a lot of learnings. And, uh, you, you know, you do start with the fact that it was just an absolutely historic storm. I think it's the worst weather and the coldest weather the Denver airport had ever seen as an example. But at the end of the day – uh, Southwest didn't recover like the other carriers did, so it became a Southwest event. We went to work to learn under, to understand why. A lot of learnings around just being better prepared for difficult winter operations, having more de-icing trucks, ha- trucks having more de-icing pads, having more glycol. There's technology in there having a better uh, a weather app that we're putting in now uh, called uh, SureWeather that helps us understand uh, how better to respond in de-icing and understand holdover times. We have technology work that you mentioned. We've already put in new releases to the Sky Solver crew scheduling technology that uh, we talked a lot about. We put in new technology around how we interact with our crews, uh, new phone systems, Wow! Uh, uh, additional uh, additional uh, engine covers, uh, uh, 
uh, we're looking at closed cab de-icing trucks because of cold weather. There's so many things going on. And if you look at the action plan, which we've been very transparent about, there's a microsite. You right. can go and understand what happened, the report. You can understand what our plan is. And you can also see where we are in making progress. We're tracking ourselves and being transparent publicly. And the commitment is to get all of that uh, fixed, all those things in place uh uh, by the uh, early fourth quarter before winter 2023. Wow, so many variables, to, so many balls to to keep in the air juggling at the same time. By the same token, on the other end, there's something you just you can't have, you, you really can't affect, and that is Boeing slowdown and and delivery of of new equipment. I know you'd planned your your schedule uh, under the assumption you'd have a certain number of airplanes delivered last year and again this year, there's going to be a shortfall there. So on the one hand, you're, I guess you're not going to have the equipment, but also you're not going to have fuel-efficient equip, equipment replacing some somewhat less efficient equipment either. Yeah, Boeing, like uh, all, you know, all of us, a lot of companies are just dealing with supply chain issues, conti- continuing to deal with those, and they discovered uh, an additional issue about 10 days ago that's going to affect uh, a, a lot of the 737 deliveries, including ours. And so we've we've reduced our delivery plans from 90 this year down to 70. Now, that's on top of we were already 46 aircraft behind in deliveries from 2022. Now you had another 20, so we're actually planning on ending this year 66 deliveries behind the original plan. So were those replacements? That would imply, that would imply those- 100. Go ahead. I was going to say that would imply 152 for next year. We're not going to take 152 aircraft. That's too many. So yeah. we're going to work with Boeing. We want we want all of our aircraft in our order book. Ultimately, we're we're going to work with Boeing to reflow the plan. I want I want good growth, but I want manageable growth. I want steady growth. And so uh, it, it's a new issue. We've got uh, we need time to work with Boeing, but you'll, you're going to see us reflow the order book. And you're also going to go. You're going to see us go back and moderate and reexamine our hiring for 2023 because of that lower level of deliveries. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't now shortage of pilots all of a sudden, and now maybe you've got too many. So, so these were not just replacement airplanes. This was to to add capacity. Well, it's it's a combination. So you have aircraft. You 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 have retirements every year. You have new deliveries every year, and the. Uh, the new deliveries are in excess of retirement, so you have yeah. aircraft that are coming from Boeing that are both going to cover retirements and they're and they're and they're going to uh, open new markets. The vast majority of our our flying additional flying here in 2023 that we've been very specific about is restoring the network. That is getting the network and flight activity back to where it was. Uh, pre-pandemic, we still have routes that uh, they, they, they lack frequencies, those kinds of things. So, the 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 new additions this year are all about restoring the network, and we still have we still plan, despite the lower level of deliveries, we still plan on having the network fully restored by the end of this year. So, looking ahead through the second and maybe even into the third quarter, are bookings coming in as expected? They are, you know. I, we, we talked up front about there was, a, you know, there was a hangover in January and February yeah. from the December event. March was really strong, especially uh, leisure bookings. That strength has continued here into uh, the second quarter, 
and uh, you know you, you can't you 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 can't ignore all the externals out there. There's a lot of worry about the economy. There's worry about particular sectors, but so far we're seeing strength. Uh, real strength in our bookings. We have already for the second quarter, we have 75% of our bookings in place. We have 60% of our bookings for June already in place, and that is well ahead of normal. So, no, the strength is there, the strength uh, particularly uh, in, in leisure for us. Now, it, it's a, it's while it's really strong, it's not as strong as a year ago. You remember you remember a year ago that the leisure demand just came roaring back. Right. Uh, so it's a little, it's not as strong as 22, but it's still very strong. So is, we're, no, we're not seeing any impact on bookings at all. What about corporate travel? Is that beginning to come back now? And and I know the patterns have changed. I mean, they used to leave on Monday mornings and come back, for, work all, away and fly back on Friday afternoons. Now it sort of seemed like it became a Tuesday to Thursday scenario. Yeah, I would say that the, the business travel is choppier than it was before the pandemic. What I'm really proud of is our March uh, uh, business travel was basically just sli- just slightly under, but basically fully restored to pre-pandemic levels. So that's well ahead of the industry and of the carriers. So basically we have our business travel in March restored to its 2019 levels. Now it's going to be choppy here, you know, April, May, uh, but no, I feel good about our business trajectory as well. So we so we expect to see sequential improvement in business bookings from the first quarter to the second quarter as well. well just one last thing here at home at, at Love Field. Are you back to pre-COVID levels of flights? Uh, in Love Field specifically right. or overall? No, no, in Love Field. We are. The, the, yeah, Love Field is uh, a busy airport. It's one of our – it is the – I believe it's the most efficient airport we have in the system in terms of flights – and turns per gate on a daily basis. Uh, loves our home, and uh, no, no, we're we're restored at Love Field. Well, that's great. I, I and your capacity constrained there. I know you'd probably be flying more. So, uh, and you won't be flying out of DFW what for another couple of years? Well, the yeah, yeah you're <laughs> right. We're constrained. We have we have our 18 gates at uh, at Love Field. We 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 love Dallas. We love Field. Uh, we love Love Field. We you know we uh, we we built the airport. It's our home. Uh, we can't. We don't have an option to do anything uh, beyond Love Field in 2025. I would just tell you that uh, over time, all options are on the table right. because we need to serve Dallas Fort Worth, and we will serve Dallas Fort Worth. Whether that ultimately means we go to another airport, we look at DFW. There's nothing specific there yet, but uh, but but uh, like you see us in every other metropolitan area, we we will serve the community. We, we have a lot of, of large areas and uh, where we serve multiple airports, sure. uh, two, sometimes three or more. Uh, but, again, I think uh, I, I, would, I would just tell you that all options are on the table, but there's, but there's not a lot we can do until 2025. Right. But we'll, we'll watch for that. And we will, meanwhile, wish you a much happier second quarter, third, and fourth quarter, for that matter, of the year. Bob Jordan. Uh, this is a great company. Uh, the future is bright. Uh, we had a hiccup in December, but it's not going to define us. That's... We have great customers. They're loyal, and uh, and the results are going to show. Bob Jordan is president and CEO of Southwest Airlines and our guest today. We appreciate it. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.